we're going to talk about understanding the end times. And this is going to uh, be a precursor till we get to the book of Revelations. But first, we got to understand the end times. Amen? See, there's a lot going on in the world today. And what we are witnessing is not the Bible lining up with the word or the world, let's say, the world. What we are witnessing is the world lining up with the Bible. Are you with me out there? And see, what God and the prophets saw coming through the Spirit is happening today before our eyes. Amen? I'm talking about failing money markets, failing world banks, national bankruptcies, food shortages, earthquakes, volcano eruptions. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hurricanes, moral decline. Come on, social gospel. Come on, and powerless churches. Amen. All exist at one time in every nation. Come on, are you with me out here? I'm talking about lawlessness and fear are universal. International socialism seems to be the answer being shouted out by uniform media. Amen. We're talking about liberal governments, and we look at the liberal churches we see today. Amen. We even see Israel surrounded on all sides by those who want to destroy her. Amen. And they're at the point where they're being hated of all nations for the name of God. Amen. And what the Bible has clearly predicted, this one, guess what, folks? It's on our doorstep. Let me say it again. What the Bible has clearly predicted is on our doorstep. Somebody say our doorsteps. And see, without the soon return of Jesus, folks, the only hope for this world is revival. Amen. Amen. And that's why we're praying for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all people and all nations. Are you with me out here? Well, what I want to do this morning is challenge you to open your heart to the word of God and open your eyes to what is happening in the world. Amen. See, the atmosphere is lining up like never before, folks. I'm talking about spiritually, morally, politically, economically. I'm talking about in every way. Tell your neighbor every way. Amen. But the Bible says because of what we're seeing, he said, don't let your heart fail or don't let your heart get in fear. Amen. What's coming on mankind or in this world? Don't let you get afraid. Don't let fear grip you when you see things happening in this world. Matter of fact, go to Luke chapter 21, verse 28. Luke chapter 21, 28. Because these things have been prophesied to come to pass, folks. They're going to come to pass. But what did Jesus say? Luke 21, 28. When these things begin to come to pass, he said... He said, what? Then look up and lift up your heads. Why? For your redemption draws nigh. He said, look up in faith. Come on, say amen, somebody. And in anticipation, because why? Our redemption is closer than ever. Amen? So let's begin one of the most incredible doctrines in the word of God. Let's begin with the rapture of the church. And see, the Bible teaches us that we are to exhort, comfort, and encourage one another by teaching on the fact that Jesus is coming back for the church. I got a couple of amens. For those of you that said amen, Jesus is coming back for us. I don't know about them other people. They ain't saying nothing. <laughs> amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And studying end time events, understand, is exciting. But understand, the rapture is not a heaven or hell issue. You don't have to believe in the rapture of the church to be born again. But you are encouraged in the word of God to study end time events. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1. There are three verses in the New Testament that begin with the phrase, I would not have you ignorant. The first one is found here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 where he says, moreover, brethren, I would, not have, I would not that you should be what? Ignorant. How that all our fathers were under a cloud and all passed through the what? Sea. Now this verse is in reference to the time when Moses led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. 
As the Red Sea parted, they were actually under a cloud of water and surrounded on each side by water. Come on, the entire chapter is on types and shadows, and this particular example is an Old Testament type of a New Testament baptism. Amen? Now, the second time this phrase is found is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Come on, you're willing to be taught this morning, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. And he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. Well, we witnessed that this morning. He said, brethren, I would not have you, what? Ignorant. And this chapter continues by explaining the spiritual gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, during the spirit, tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Come on. Come on. Gifts of faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles. That's nine gifts in that chapter. Now, the third time this phrase is used in First Thess- is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, now, this verse deals with the rapture of the church. It says, but I would not have you to be what? To be what? Ignorant, Ignorant brother, concerning them which are what? Asleep, that you what? Sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, in each case, the phrase, I would not have you to be ignorant, actually means, I know you're ignorant about this topic, but you don't have to be. Let me say it again. It actually means, I know you're ignorant about this topic, but you don't have to be. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to be. And Paul is simply saying, these three topics are difficult to understand, but men make them difficult. Come on, one, three topics are more misunderstood and divisive than the Old Testament types and shadows, the gifts of the Spirit, and end-time events. Come on, are you with me out here? See, to understand end-time events, you must understand that God is a God of order. He's a God of what? Order. God is a God of logic. Are you with me out there? To understand end-times... We begin, we need to begin with the subject of dispensations. Are y'all ready for this? I should have tried. I can go in and get another sermon, you know. Amen. 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 Why dispensations? Because God has divided events into time periods. Amen. Go to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God has divided events into time periods. And sometimes you, you need to know what time period you're in. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. It says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he what? made the world. Now, Paul is a writer of Hebrews, and as the writer of Hebrews, he was talking to a group of people who, mis- who understood the Old Testament, but they did not understand much about the New Testament. Come on, you with me out here. So the Hebrew believers had a hard time transitioning into the New Covenant and were constantly trying to mix the Old and the New Covenants together like we even see in some religions today. Amen? And see, both Paul and Peter had problems dealing with the Hebrew Christian because why? Even though these believers had accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, it was difficult for them to break away from the law of Moses. They did not understand that the time period of law had already been fulfilled. Matter of fact, look at verse 1 again. He says, God who in sundry times... And in divers manners, somebody say sundry times, and in divers manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now, the Greek word for the phrase who in sundry times, for those of you taking notes, the Greek word for the phrase who at sundry times is polumeros, P-O-L-U-M-E-R-O-S, polumeros, P-O-L-U-M-E-R-O-S. M-E-R-O-S. And the Greek word for the phrase diver's manner is polutropos. 
Poluchopos, which is P-O-L-U, same P-O-L-U, what is T-R-O-P-O-S, Poluchopos. Both words begin with Polu, P-O-L-U, which means simple or varied. Somebody say that. Simple or varied. So this verse could be translated like this. God who in different time periods and in different ways spoke in time past unto the Jewish fathers through the prophets. Let me say it again. God who in different time periods and in different ways spoke in time past unto the Jewish fathers through the prophets, verse 2, has in these last days spoken unto us by his what? Son, whom he has what? Appointed heir of all things, by whom also he did what? He made the world. Understand this. Look at this now. In verse 1, we have the Old Testament. And in verse 2, we have the New Testament. Let me say it again. In verse 1, we have the Old Testament. And in verse 2, we have the what? New Testament. One, one, verse 1 calls the Old Testament time past. And verse 2 calls the New Testament the day we live in and that in these last days. So you got it, right? See, on the day of Pentecost, the church age was also referred to the last days. Go to Acts chapter 2, verse 16. We know we go through the B-I-B-L-E in here. Amen. Glory to God. Acts chapter 2, verse 16. On the day of Pentecost, the church age was also referred to as the last days. Acts chapter 2, verse 16. What's it say here? But this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the what? In the what? Last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon what? All flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall what? Prophesy. Somebody say, I, I received that from my children. And your young men shall see what? Visions. And your old man shall dream what? Dreams. Amen. I'm believing God for both because I'm in the middle. <laughs> I, I want dreams and visions. Come on, say amen. Somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. So if we go back to Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1 of Hebrews tells us that the Old Testament was divided into many time periods. But the New Testament covers only one time period. Somebody say one time period. Let's look at it again. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Old Testament. God who at different time periods and in different ways spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Somebody say Old Testament. New Testament, verse 2. Has in these what? Last days spoken unto us by his son. Now understand this. These two verses speak volumes. Somebody say volumes. First, the Old Testament was divided into different time periods. Somebody say time periods. And within each time period, God spoke differently. Amen? In other words, God spoke in different ways in different time periods. God did what? See, the Old Testament is primarily directed toward the Jews. And the New Testament is primarily towards the Gentiles. Now, verse 1 also tells us God spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, God has mainly spoken to us to who? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Ain't that what it says? And see, God has divided time. God has divided time into seven dispensations or seven time periods. Somebody say seven, seven dispensations or seven time periods. Now let's go over the dispensations. Amen. Glory to God. The first dispensation is called the dispensation of innocence. The dispensation of innocence. Come on, you pissed the students should know this. Some of you layperson papers should know it too. Because I taught it. Amen. You think about real quiet, right? The first dispensation is called what? The dispensation of innocence. 
Now, this is the time period in which God created man, and he placed him on the earth, folks. Now, Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 3 covers this dispensation. And see, the age of innocence ended at the fall of Adam or the fall of man. Somebody say the fall of man. Now, the second dispensation is a dispensation of conscience. Come on, say that. Dispensation of what? Conscience. What's the first one? Second one? Conscience. Okay, amen. Y'all with me, amen. Now, this dispensation began at the fall and ended at the flood. During this time period, every man did what was right according to his own eyes. And every man did what he thought was right in his own heart. And when you have that happen, you have total chaos. And that was, that's what was happening in the days of Noah. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. So in the, in the human government, in the third dispensation was human government. Somebody say human government. So human government was the what? Third dispensation. What's the first one? Second one? Third one? Okay, y'all going to be Bible scholars yet. <laughs> Amen. Now, this time period occurred after the flood. What happened? Men began to repopulate the earth. They set up their own form of government and they built the Tower of Babel. For those of you who have read the Old Testament, you know what I'm talking about. Now, this dispensation period ended when God confused the language of men and scattered them throughout the earth. Amen? Some of y'all need to go back and read the Old Testament because some of y'all looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> now, the next dispensation is the dispensation of promise. So what was the first one? What was the second one? What's the third one? And what's this one? Promise. Okay. Now, during this time period, God isolated a man named Abraham. Now, through Abraham, God began two races in the earth. Look at Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. Through Abraham, God began two races in the earth. Genesis chapter 5, it says, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards what? Heaven. And tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy what? So shall thy what? Seed be. Now if you go down to Genesis 22, 15. Genesis chapter 22, verse 17, rather. Well, God speaking to Abraham. He says, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed... As the what? Stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, thy seed shall what? Possess the gate of us what? Enemies. Now who do the stars represent? Who do the sands represent? The stars of heaven represent a spiritual race, which is us. And the sands of the sea represent a natural race, which was the Jews. Let me say it again. The stars of heaven represent a spiritual race, which is us. And the sands of the, of the sea represent what? A natural race, which is the what? Jews. So in other words, from one man, Abraham, came two innumerable groups of people. The Jewish race and us, the believers. Amen. 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 Now, the Jewish race was the last physical race that began on this earth. But it did not begin naturally. It began supernaturally. Somebody say supernaturally. Now every other race resulted when God scattered mankind at the Tower of Babel. But he set apart one man and changed him from a Gentile into a Jew. Who was that one man? Abraham. Well, how did God do this? Come on. What suddenly made Abraham a Jew? See, the Jewish race came into existence by faith. Somebody say by faith. And it's the only race whose origin was by faith. Somebody say faith again. In other words, by faith, Abraham's name was changed to what? Abraham. Amen. Look at Genesis 12.1. Come on, y'all still with me now. I ain't losing nobody, right? Going slow so you can understand it. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. 
You need to know something about the Bible in here. <laughs> There's a lot in there that you don't know about. Come on. A lot in there I still don't know about. Amen. You learn every time you read it. You, learn, you may read the same verse and come back and say, what did I, I didn't read that before. Come on. That's the way the Bible is. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. That's why some of y'all need to pick it up sometime. Consistently. <laughs> Amen. Not just on Sunday and Wednesday. Come on. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord said, had said unto Abram, Get thee what? Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will what? Show you. You know, sometimes God is talking to somebody in this room. Get, leave, get away from your family, your friends, and all them heathen friends that you have. And go to another country. <laughs> <laughs> come on and we know Abraham was only partially obedient when God said leave your kindred leave all your family come on sometimes you got to do that folks because they never understand what God is doing in your life and if you stay around them they will make you just like them So when you leave, when you come back, you're already prepared to receive them and handle them because why? Now you're tanked up with the word of God. So sometimes you got to separate from them. I love y'all, but I love y'all from a distance. <laughs> sometimes you got to do that. Amen. Glory to God. But like I said, Abraham wasn't, he's only partially disobedient. Amen. When God said, go to the land, I'll show you, Abraham brought his kindred with him. Amen. And it caused problems. Come on, he brought his father. He brought his nephew Lot. Amen. Matter of fact, Abraham camped in Haran until his father died. And then he went to the land of promise, but he still took old Lot along with him. Which resulted into strife. Between the herdsmen and also between a, a strife between Lot and Abraham. Now understand this. Now you would assume since Abraham was a Jew and he was a man of faith that all of his children would also be Jews. But that is not the case and that was not the case. See, one son was a Jew and the other was a Gentile. Isaac was not a Jew because he was born from Sarah, folks. Let me say it again. Isaac was not a Jew because he was born to Sarah. Neither was Ishmael a Gentile because he was born to Hagar. Because she was a bondwoman. Amen? See, God doesn't look at physical birth. He looks at faith. Isaac trusted the Lord. Ishmael did not. Isaac was a believer. Ishmael wasn't. Amen? Matter of fact, go to Genesis chapter 25, verse 21, because the Word of God proves this point. Genesis 25, verse 21. We know this is the next generation. Come on, Abraham, Isaac, then Jacob. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Well, that's a Father's Day message right there. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That men need to pray for their wives. Oh, God, I ain't know what subject I'm on right now. But let's carry on. <laughs> Amen. Verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And, he, and she went to inquire the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name what? Esau. And after that came his brother out, brother out and took and and his hand took a hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called what? Jacob. Jacob. 
And Isaac was three score years or 60 years old when, he, when she bare them. Amen? Now, Jacob was a Jew. Jacob was a Jew because why? Because he followed God. Esau was a Gentile because he didn't. It's just that simple. But they both came out the same womb. Matter of fact, Jacob had 12 sons through two wives and two handmaids. <laughs> Come on, he's following the footsteps of his father. Come on. <laughs> amen. Amen. Glory to God. Okay, amen. Amen. Some traditions you don't pass on. <laughs> so Jacob had 12 sons through two wives and two handmaids because the wives said, well, we didn't have no kids. Get, have a handmaid. And he said, okay, baby. I have no objections. And he had some more kids. Amen. But all 12 of his children were Jews. Why? Because all 12 were believers. Why? Because God does not look at your physical birth or your natural background. He looks at your heart. Somebody say he looks at your heart. See, just because you came from a well-known lineage or have a great background or position in life does not merit you eternal life. Neither does a poor background or position in life, being born on the wrong side of tracks or being raised without a father or mother, being raised to a foster home or having financial lack does not cause you not to be rejected from the kingdom of God. Why? Because the Bible is filled with nobodies who God made somebody by simple faith. Some of, us, some of us are in this room. Come on, <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. So again, God isolated a man named Abraham and gave him a promise that through his seed, God would raise up a spiritual and natural race. Now, this all happened during the dispensation of what? Promise which ended when the children of Israel went into Egyptian bondage. Amen? So then we have the fifth dispensation, which is the dispensation of the law. Now, what's the first one? Second one? Third one? Fourth one? And fifth one? Law. Now, in this dispensation, God gave Moses the law. Turn to Galatians 3.19. God gave Moses the what? The law. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. He says, wherefore then serveth the law? He says, it was added because of what? Why was it added? transgressions till till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator it's important to understand the law was given only until the seed Jesus Christ should come see the dispensation of the law ended at the cross It was only given until the seed Jesus showed up, folks. Matter of fact, look at John 19.30. Let me say that again because you still got people that believe that we're still in, under the law. And that's not scriptural. Come on, it says it again. Till the seed should come. Did the seed come? Matter of fact, here in John 19.30, amen. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said what? He said what? It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave it the ghost. See, it is finished is not referring to the plan of salvation, folks. What? The plan of salvation was complete, was not complete until Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. When Jesus said it was finished, he's referring to the Old Testament law. 
at that point, Jesus had fulfilled every law and every sacrifice. Are you with me out here? When he said it was finished, the law was over. So don't let anybody try to put you back under the law. Because the truth be told, not one person on this planet today is really following the law according to the word of God anyway. That say they following the law. Because there's a lot of restrictions under that law. And even God knew that you couldn't keep. <laughs> so what do you think? What makes them think they can keep it today? Go to Matthew 27, 50. Because when, when, when the law was over, notice what happened after he said that. It was finished. Matthew 27, 50. Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And what happened? And behold, the veil of the temple was what? Rent and twined from top to bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks did what? Rent. When that veil was torn from top to bottom, the Holy Spirit came and a new dispensation began. Well, we are no longer under the law. Now, the sixth dispensation is the dispensation in which we are living in. And it is, it is the dispensation of the church. It's a time period that's also referred to as a dispensation of grace. So what's the first one? Second one? Third one? Fourth one? Fifth one? Sixth one? Grace or what? The church. Come on, y'all learning. Y'all getting good. You're getting good. You're getting good. Now, this particular dispensation has existed for some 2,000 years and will end at the rapture of the church. When? Now listen to me closely. After the church age ends, the earth will go into seven years of tribulation. Then the final dispensation will begin and last for a thousand years. It's called the millennium. And this will end, this, this will end, amen, at the revolt of Satan. At the end of this millennium, at the end of the thousand years, that's after the tribulation. So after the tribulation, after the seven years of tribulation, you're going to have a thousand year reign. Y'all got it. Then after that thousand year reign, Satan will be released for a season. And he will fight one last time against the Lord Jesus Christ, but he'll be defeated once again. Come on, say amen, somebody. So once again, you have seven dispensations. You have dispensation of what? Innocence. Dispensation of what? Conscience. Dispensation of what? Human government. Dispensation of what? Promise. Dispensation of the law. Dispensation of the what? Church or grace. And then you have the what? Millennium dispensation. Now, there is a common thread between every dispensation. God starts it and man ends it. That's the common thread. The common thread is what? God starts it and men ends it. Come on, say that. God starts it and men ends it. In every dispensation, God successfully begins the dispensation and men successfully bring it to an end. They're good at that. In other words, each dispensation begins with righteousness and ends with sin. Are you with me out here? Well, see, see, God created man perfect, man sinned. God began the disposition of conscience, think about it, and man sinned. So God had to bring judgment, which ended with the flood. Let me say it again. God began the disposition of conscience, and man did what? Sin. So God had to do what? Bring judgment, come on, which ended with the what? Flood. Then came human government. Man decided that he would build, he'd build his own tower up to heaven and be like God. So God had to do what? He had to confuse the language and scatter man across the earth. During the dispensation of promise, 
God began anew with one man, Abraham. But through disobedience and sin, the children of Israel went into Egyptian bondage or captivity for 400 years. Next, God gave the law, which lasted until God proved that man could not keep it. So what happened? So Jesus came, went to the cross to fulfill the law for us, and we now live in a church age, but as soon as this dispensation ends, the rapture of the church will occur, and for seven years the earth will go into a time of tribulation. When the tribulation, what, ends, we will enter into the what? The final dispensation, which will be the millennium, and it will last for how many years? I think y'all are getting this. Then Satan will revolt for one last time at the end of the millennium. And from that time, there will be no more dispensations. Go to Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. There will be no more dispensations. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Are you learning anything yet? Here in Revelation 21, verse 1, where the Apostle John says, And I saw a what? New heaven heaven and a what? New earth. earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were what? They were what? Passed away. And there was no more sea. God is going to destroy the earth we currently live on. And he will destroy it by fire. The new earth will emerge. That will emerge will have no more oceans or seas. No more water covering the surface. Ain't that what it says? Look at Revelation, look at verse 23. It says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it. For what? For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Come on, that's shouting ground. Come on, who, won, who wouldn't want to go to heaven? Come on, say amen, somebody. But look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 5. It says, and there shall be no what? Night there. They need no candle. Neither the light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever and ever. They will not, listen, there will be no sunlight. There will be no sun to light the earth by day, and there will be no moon to light the earth by night, folks. In fact, it says that there will no longer be a daytime and a nighttime. (laughs) What's going to happen? Heaven itself will come and rest over the earth forever and ever and ever. And the earth will be lighted by God's glory. Turn to James chapter 1, verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from what? From above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow, of turning. In the new earth, there will be no shadows. Come on. Think about it. How is that possible to be in a place where there are no shadows? Could you imagine walking down the streets of gold and not seeing your shadow? Can you imagine seeing trees with no shadows? What's going to happen? The glory of God will provide light from every direction. You will be completely surrounded by light. Come on, say amen, somebody. The glory of God will do what? It will shine upon the whole earth. Darkness will not be found anywhere. The glory of God will literally cover the entire planet. The entire planet. Come on. Go to Hebrews, go back to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. 
Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we got get, to get you ladies some spiritual food before we feed you some natural food. <laughs> but don't get your mind on the natural food yet. Keep focused on the spiritual food. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. Amen. And thou, Lord, in the beginning has what? Laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the work of thy hands. Verse 11 says what? They shall what? They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they all shall wax what? Old as doth a garment. And as a vessel shall thou what? Fold them up. And they shall be what? Changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Now in these verses, the earth is being compared to clothing. What happens when you buy a new skirt or a new shirt or a new dress? Come on, you buy it, you wear it, it gets dirty, and you wash it. Right? You wear it again, it gets dirty, and you do what? You wash it. You do this what? Over and over again until the garment finally wears out, and you do what? You throw it away. You get rid of it. But think about this. If clothes never get dirty, they would never wear out. Does that make sense to anybody? In the same way, God created the earth. Man got it dirty, and God washed it. In the next dispensation, God cleaned up the earth again, gave it to man. Man got it dirty again. And God washed it again. After seven times of washing. <laughs> come on. God will finally say, if I wash this thing one more time, it's going to fall apart. So God will take it, fold it up, get rid of it, and he will give us a new planet that will never wear out. Because why? There will be no more Satan no more demons, no more sin, and no more nature of the flesh. Somebody should shout amen. We will no longer live in a natural body. We will have a resurrected, glorified body. Amen. Hallelujah. No more diet plans. You won't have to worry about keto. <laughs> Glory to God. The earth will be perfect, and heaven itself will rest over the earth. And see, heaven cannot rest over an imperfect planet. Are you following me? Go back to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Hallelujah. One of these, this is one of the messages you need to get CD listed over and over and over again. Get it in your spirit. Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1. amen. Let's look, at the diff let's, look, let's look again at the different way God has spoken. It says, God who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by who? By the prophets. But has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he what? Made the worlds. Not only has God spoken in different time periods, he has spoken in different ways to man. Amen? During the dispensation of innocence, look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. During the dispensation of innocence, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, talking about Adam and Eve, it says, they heard the voice of the Lord what? Doing what? Walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. But God walked with man daily in the garden during the cool of the day. Come on. And God talked to them directly. But Adam and Eve what? They sinned. They were expelled from the garden. 
and the dispensation of conscience begin. God no longer walked and talked with men every day, but he did speak to man from heaven. Matter of fact, he spoke to Noah directly from where? From heaven. But man would not repent when he spoke to to Noah from heaven. Man would not repent from a sin, and the dispensation of human government and promise began during that time period. And see, God spoke in types and shadows. Matter of fact, the angel of the Lord would often manifest in the earth and speak to man. Go to Genesis 22, 11. The angel of the Lord would speak to man. The angel of what? The angel of the Lord. Come on, he spoke. He's first he spoke to Adam and, Adam and Eve. He talked to them what? Directly. But after they sinned, he no longer talked to them directly. But he did speak to men from where? From heaven. He spoke to Noah directly from where? From heaven. And God spoke in types and shadows. And the angel of the Lord would often manifest in the earth and speak to man. And we see that right here in Genesis chapter 22, verse 11. It says, in the what? The angel of the Lord did what? Called out unto him out of where? Out of where? Out of heaven and said, Abram, Abram. He said what? Here am I. Now, during the disposition of the law, God would speak out of the cloud through lightning and thunder. Come on, he would speak through a rock that followed the children of Israel. So it's different ways that God, what, spoke in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. During the dispensation of the law, God would speak out of a cloud through lightning and thunder, and he would speak through a what? A rock that followed the children of Israel. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And, said, and, it did, and they did all drink the what? Same spiritual drink, for they drink of that spiritual rock that what? That what? Followed them. That rock was what? Christ. Understand this. By the time we come to the church age, which is the day we're living in, the main way God speaks to us is by his word. Let me say it again. When we come to the, when we come to the church age, our generation, our age, the main way God speaks to us by, is by his word. I tell people, you want to hear the voice of God, open up the book. Because 99.9% of the time is that Bible is talking to you. But you want to hear this audible voice. You want to hear, Atiyah. <laughs> Come hither. <laughs> Don't have odd against me. <laughs> now, the second way he speaks to us is by the indwelling Holy Spirit living in us. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Where it says, the spirit himself, should be himself, bears witness with our spirits, where? On the inside of us, that we are the what? Children of God. And see, God can also speak to us through visions, dreams, and gifts of the spirit. But primary, but primarily, the primary way he speaks to us is through our inward spirit and the word of God. Amen. That's how he speaks. God does speak to people. Now, whether you listen or not, that's a different issue. But God is always talking, but you're not always listening. Come on, I'm pretty sure that that's where women got their talking from. He got it from God, because <laughs> God's always talking. <laughs> and all the brothers say, <laughs> should say amen, Walter. Well, get yourself in trouble now. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. But he primarily talks to us what? Through, a, through an inward witness, through our spirits, and what? With the word of God. Do you want to hear the voice of God? 
read the book. That Bible is God speaking to you. Are you listening to me out there? It's not just a book, folks. There are living words coming off the pages of that Bible and going directly to your spirit and illuminating in your mind. And you say, I see it. Okay, let's go. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Now we know during the millennium, Jesus will what? Jesus will personally return to the earth, sit on the throne, ruling and reigning in Jerusalem for a thousand years. And we will be in his presence during that whole time, folks. But this is an important fact. Tell your neighbor, this is an important fact. The way God approaches man is different in every dispensation. Say it again. The way God approaches man is different in every dispensation, but the way man approaches God has never changed. And it will never change. Why? The only way you can approach God is by faith. That will never change. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Again. It says in the, has the, no, chapter, chapter 1 verse 2. Look at it again. It says, has in these last days spoken unto us by his what? Son, whom he has what? Appointed heir of all things by whom Jesus Christ also he made what? The world. He says, spoken unto us by his what? His son. The word world here is the Greek word aeon, A-I-O-N. And it should be translated ages. Somebody say ages. We get the English word eons from this word, which also eons means ages. So this verse is telling us that not only did Jesus Christ create the earth, not only did he create the animals, the fish, the birds, and the universe, and man, Jesus also created time. And we can see this in verse 2, where it says, Through whom also God, through Jesus Christ, created the ages. Somebody say created the ages. In other words, every dispensation was created by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because why? All things were made by him and for him. I'm talking about all things. I'm talking about all things visible, invisible, thrones and dominions, principalities were all made by him and for him. Go to John 1, 3, where he tells us, St. John chapter 1, verse 3. He tells us what? All things. Somebody say all things. What's left after all? Now, the all things were what? Made by him and without him was not what? Anything made that was made. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Told you we are a Bible teaching church. We go through scripture. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now we know this whole chapter expounds on the heroes of faith. Again, the way in which God approaches man, come on, has been different in every dispensation. But we learn from Hebrews which expands various dispensation. It says, now faith is the what? Substance of what? Things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, by, for by it. By what? Faith. The elders obtain a what? Good report. See, the elders are the heroes of faith. Somebody say heroes of faith. Come on, the elders are Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Rahab, David. And see, the different heroes of faith appearing in this chapter are referred to as elders. And by faith, each obtained a good report. Now, the phrase good report simply means they obtained a good testimony. And this entire chapter is filled with their testimony. By faith, Abraham sojourned. By faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, Sarah trusted in God and was accounted to her for seed that she bore a child. Come on. By faith, Rahab received the spies with peace. Come on. Are you with me out here? And see, the elders each spanned a different dispensation. And we know that faith continues. Faith comes by what? Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the what? 
Word of God. But none of these heroes had a printed word. For some, hearing came through signs and wonders. For others, it came through God speaking out of a cloud. Come on, are you with me out here? But in every time, every time God approached man, think about this. Every time God approached man, it was to build faith in his heart so man could approach God by faith. Let me see if y'all got that again. Every time God approached man, it's particularly, it was specifically for what? To build faith in that man's heart. So now man can approach God by faith. Let me say it one more time. Every time God approached man, it was to build faith in his heart. Because if God show up, are you going to have faith? Come on. Come on. He revealed himself to you. Are you going to have faith? If God did an audible voice to you and said, Walter! And you know nobody's in that room but you. You're going to have faith. And you're going to have faith enough to approach God and say, yes, Daddy. So once again, every time God approached man, it was, build, it was to what? Build faith in his heart. So man could approach God by what? Faith. And see, and those saved in the Old Testament were saved the same way believers are saved in the New Testament. By what? Faith. Abraham was saved by faith. Noah was saved by faith. David was saved by faith. Look at verse 3, chapter 11. It says through what? Faith. Somebody say faith. Come on, do I have any faith people in this room? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the what? Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, most people, when they read this verse, they often translate it as God having created the planets. But the Greek word for worlds here is aeon. And the Greek word for word here, W-O-R-D, is rhema. Somebody say rhema which is the spoken word of God. Y'all can handle all this, right? Y'all want me to cut off here? And okay, all right, okay. Once again, the Greek word for worlds is aeon, and the Greek word for word here is rhema, which is the spoken word of God. In other words, by faith, we understand that the ages were framed by the spoken word of God. You got it? By faith, we understand that the ages were framed by the what? Spoken word of God. What is this verse saying? By faith, God made all the time periods and framed them in. He knew ahead of time when each time period would begin and he knew ahead of time when each time period would end. God knows because why? It has been planned and then framed by the word of God. And the greatest relief to our heart, the greatest relief to our heart in our day and time should be God knows the future. Even if we don't. Come on, say amen, somebody. He knew when the church age began, and he knows when it will end. Why? Because God has the whole plan in order, and has framed it with his spoken word. Hallelujah. So that's why we have no fear of what's going on in this planet, in this world, what newspapers say. Come on, say amen, somebody. I don't care what kind of shootings are going on in schools, you know, amen. All that's nothing but Satan just saying, he know, his time is getting short. 
He knows this church age is coming to an end. And he's staring that lake of fire right in the face. He's doing everything he can to get you afraid. And in fear. Come on, say amen, somebody. But like Jesus says, we don't have to be afraid. We have no fear. Because why? God has a plan. And every plan God has for me is a good plan. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. Come on, say, God has a plan. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. We give you praise, O Lord. Hallelujah. 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 God has the whole plan in order, folks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we will never have to worry, ever. God had a plan for for children of Israel when they were in Egypt. Come on, he put them in Goshen. While all the world around them was going to pot. Again, with plagues and all kind of stuff. They were sitting back there relaxing. Amen. They seen what was happening, but it did not affect them. Amen. Things that happen in this world is not supposed to affect us. The only way it affects you, if you mess around and get in fear. You'd be like Job. That thing that you greatly feared will come upon you. So don't get into fear. Don't get into fear. Because before it's all said and done, things are not going to get better for the world. But they'll get better for us. I should have got a bigger amen than that. (laughs) Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory.